The Arkansas courts decided four criminal law cases this week. In Rogers v. Arkansas Department of Correction, 2022 ARC 19, the Arkansas Supreme Court considered an appeal over parole eligibility of a conviction in use of a firearm in commission of a felony under ARC Code and Section 1690-120. In reversing and remanding, Justice Webb reasoned the circuit court relied on a later amended statute, quote, Appellate Wendell Rogers appeals from the circuit court's order that granted his mandamus petition wherein he alleged that the Arkansas Department of Correction, or ADC, had miscalculated his parole eligibility in connection with his sentence of 180 months or 15 years imprisonment for the use of a firearm in the commission of a felony offense pursuant to Art Code and Section 1690 In 2006, a jury convicted Rogers of aggravated robbery, and he was sentenced to 360 months or 30 years imprisonment for the offense with the 180-month or 15-year enhancement imposed to run consecutively for an aggregate sentence of 540 months or 45 years imprisonment. In its order, the circuit court concluded that the offense of aggravated robbery and the enhancement based on the use of a firearm are separate for purposes of determining parole eligibility. The circuit court relied on the amended version of ARC Code and Section 1690-120E, 2007, and concluded that defendants sentenced to the 15-year firearm enhancement before that section was amended in 2007 were not entitled to parole and were therefore required to serve 100% of the enhanced sentence. We reverse the circuit court's order and find that Rogers is entitled to a parole eligibility calculation for the enhanced sentence pursuant to the statutes in effect when he committed the offense of aggravated robbery. In his original petition, Rogers first raised the claim that the ADC erroneously applied a 2007 amended version of Art Code and Section 1690-120 to his parole eligibility. The amended version of Section 1690-120E requires defendants sentenced to a firearm, firearm enhancement in the commission of aggravated robbery to serve 70% of the enhanced sentence before being eligible for parole. Rogers alleged that applying the 70% requirement enacted in 2007 to a crime committed in 2005 violated the prohibition against an ex post facto application of laws. The state responded to Rogers' first petition and contended that Art Code and Section 1693-611-A1C authorized the ADC to require Rogers to serve 70% of his aggregate sentence of 45 years imprisonment. The circuit court agreed that Section 1693-611 was applicable to Rogers' parole eligibility and denied the original mandamus petition filed by Rogers. Rogers appealed. We remanded to the circuit court to determine whether Art Code and Section 1690 120E of 2007 was applicable to Rogers' 15-year sentence because this code section was amended in 2007 and Rogers committed the crime for which he is incarcerated in June 2005. On remand, 
the circuit court found that the enhancement statute and the criminal statute were separate and subject to separate parole eligibility determinations. The circuit court found that Rogers was not entitled to parole under the version of Section 1690.120 in effect when Rogers committed the crime in 2005. The court further concluded that the ADC had erroneously determined that Rogers was entitled to parole after serving 70% of his enhanced sentence under the amended statute and instead must serve 100% of the enhanced sentence. With respect to parole eligibility, a parole statute less favorable to one who had been sentenced prior to its passage than the parole law existing at the time of his sentencing would be unconstitutional as an ex post facto law in violation of Article 2, Section 17 of the Arkansas Constitution. For this reason, the ADC must determine parole eligibility by the law in effect when the offense was committed. See Art Code and Section 1693-1301-B1. On this basis, the ADC does not have discretion to apply parole statutes ex post facto. End of quote. End of decision. In Pixley v. State, 2022, ARC App 47, the Arkansas Court of Appeals considered a challenge to a criminal reimbursement order and concluded the trial court decides the valuation from which it arose in the sentencing phase of the case. In affirming, Judge Klappenbach explained, Pixley was charged with five felonies, two counts of arson, residential burglary, felon in possession of a firearm, and criminal mischief, as well as misdemeanor possession of marijuana and driving while intoxicated. He entered a negotiated plea of guilty in exchange for a sentence of 40 years imprisonment and 20 years suspended imposition of sentence conditioned on his paying restitution upon his release. Following the entry of his guilty plea, a separate sentencing hearing was held to determine the amount of restitution. End of quote. The sole witness in the hearing was the property owner, and the decision agreed that despite challenges, an owner's opinion is given great weight, and the circuit court did not err. Quote, Pixley argued that the state had failed to present sufficient evidence for the court to determine what the mobile home or the trailer was worth. The state argued that Fryer's testimony was sufficient to establish the value of her property. After taking the matter under advisement, the circuit court ordered that Pixley pay restitution in the amount of $42,750, which included $40,000 for the home, $2,000 in cleanup cost, and $750 for the fire department bill. The court found that Fryer was unsure about the value of the trailer and its contents and declined to order restitution for that property. On appeal, Pixley argues that the court's finding as to restitution was not supported by substantial evidence. Because this appeal raises only an issue of sentencing rather than requiring a review of the plea itself, the appeal is properly before this court. See Bushnell v. State, 2020, ARC App 566. Pursuant to Arkansas Code Annotated Section 54205A1, a defendant who enters a plea of guilty may be ordered to pay restitution. Whether a circuit court or a jury, the sentencing authority shall make a determination of actual economic loss caused to a victim by the offense. 
Art Code and Section 54205B1. The determination of the amount of loss is a factual question to be decided by the preponderance of the evidence presented to the sentencing authority during the sentencing phase of a trial. Art Code and Section 54205B4. End of quote. Challenges to a lack of evidence other than the owner's opinion were unavailing. Quote, An owner of property is competent to testify as to the value of his or her own property. Fryer testified that the value of her property was $40,000 and that this was based on what she put into the house and what it could cost to replace everything. Pixley established on cross-examination that Fryer had not priced new mobile homes, but he did not offer anything to suggest that Fryer's valuation was excessive. Because Fryer was competent to testify as to the value of her property and Pixley offered no evidence to contradict her opinion, we affirm the circuit court's order as to restitution. End of quote. End of decision. In Baker v. State, 2022, ARC App 53, the Arkansas Court of Appeals, in affirming a conditional guilty plea, reasoned that driving on the fog line was sufficient for probable cause to stop. Judge Murphy explained, Gaynell Robert appeals from a conditional plea of guilty to misdemeanor DWI. She claims that the Polk County Circuit Court erred in denying her motion to suppress evidence. We disagree and affirm her conviction. In order to make a valid traffic stop, an officer must have probable cause to believe that there has been violation of a traffic law. Arkansas Code Annotated Section 2751-104-B1 and 6 makes it unlawful for any person to drive a vehicle conducting improper or unsafe lane changes or in such a manner as to evidence a failure to maintain proper control on the public thoroughfares or private property in the state of Arkansas. Further, a vehicle shall be driven as nearly as practical, entirely within a single lane, and shall not be moved from the lane until the driver has first ascertained that movement can be made with safety. We agree with the trial court's finding that driving on the fog line is not maintaining the car entirely within the lane and does not evidence control of the vehicle. End of quote. End of decision. In W.O. A Juvenile v. State, 2022, ARC App 45, the Arkansas Court of Appeals reversed a finding that a juvenile committed second-degree sexual assault following the bench trial where the juvenile was charged following grabbing another child's genitalia while he slept after an earlier dispute over a dog. Quote, The state filed a delinquency petition on July 23, 2020, alleging that W.O., born July 25, 2006, engaged in sexual conduct with D.W., a nine-year-old boy, by grabbing D.W.'s genitalia in violation of Arkansas Code Annotated Section 514-125-A5A, end of quote. The trial court judge expressly ruled that the conduct was not for the purpose of sexual gratification, which is required under Art Code and Section 514-101-12-A. This was fatal to the conviction, reasoned the appellate court. Quote, Once the court made its finding of fact that W.O. did not act for the purpose of sexual gratification, 
It then made an error of law by finding that there was sexual contact based on the presumption. The circuit court's finding that sexual gratification was not proved effectively rebuts the presumption as defined under the statute. Accordingly, we reverse. End of quote. Art Code and Section 514-101-12a states, Sexual contact means an act of sexual gratification involving the touching, directly or through clothing, of the sex organs, buttocks, or anus of a person or the breast of a female, or urinating, defecating, or ejaculating on another person for the purpose of sexual gratification. End of quote. End of decision.